Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. A little horse today. You know, I, I know. I, I noticed know, I noticed you know. I noticed the saddle and the tail, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Jeez. A lot of things happen in our in our world. I thought what we might want to do today, Bill, is uh, we played it yesterday, the full announcement from Joe that he is we're, we're so very lucky to have him running again as the Democratic uh, nominee Absolutely. for the presidents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have, uh, we've taken it, we're going to kind of take it apart, his announcement, and see what he's really saying in his uh, in his announcement, because it's it's kind of crazy. It really is. Um, right. Also, you mentioned it, that case with that lady in New York, uh, Carol, I guess her name is. Um, e. Carol something, one of her face. Yeah. She was, uh, well, she was what, uh, what was that magazine for, uh, Whatever her face is that we her name? Yeah, well, well what's her putts? But anyway, you know, she did that uh, the magazine, the feminist magazine. She's a feminist. Her name is Who, e, e. Jean Carroll. E. Jean, e. Jean Carroll. Carroll. Yes, uh, I heard an interview with her uh, on CNN with Anderson Cooper, and with all due respect, uh, the lady sounded nuts. I mean, she she was talking about in the situation that she's referring to in this case. He never really touched me, but I kind of knew where it was going. I mean, and then she said they were talking about rape, and I believe she referred to rape as being a, a kind of a sexy thing, you know? And I thought, this lady, if she talks like this in court, this case shouldn't last five oh, minutes. Oh, no, 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 no. She's changed her tune now, which, uh, you know, if you say one thing and then say another, you're a liar. Mm -hmm. But now she's saying, oh, yeah, he threw her against the wall. He, you know, ripped her bottoms off and took advantage of her right but she there. But did, she didn't say it on national on national television. No. She said it didn't happen. But uh, her attorney says in court and the jury for the Manhattan case heard that. And, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but when you taint a jury, mm -hmm. you have to move the trial, throw the case out. One of the two. And yet the left is deliberately, and all of these are nothing cases, but they're trying to throw them all out there. So your view and perspective of Trump is tainted and sullied. And that's what they're doing. You it's know, wrong. You know what somebody said yesterday, and it's so true. Uh, I think the Democrats, the people on the socialist left, uh, believe that it's not. they're not out for a victory. I think they know that many of these cases won't be won. But... It's the process that's the penalty. It's the process. It's the being sued. It's the going to court and all of the uh, embarrassment that that involves. That's the penalty. They don't anticipate, I'm sure, winning this case. If you listen to what she said on national television, all a defense lawyer would have to do is bring the video clip in from that Anderson Cooper interview mm -hmm. and play it. And say, what is it? What's the truth? What you're saying now or what you said then? We've already determined that you're a liar. So what? which of the lies is the lie that you're following now? You know? Well, the only person probably getting paid is her. Um, and let's say that the, the trial goes forward, thrown out, lost, whatever. Trump's not going to recoup any of the money that he spent you know, to, to fight the case. He's not going to recoup money for the damage that he's incurred to his reputation. 
Well, I, fortunately, and I, I you know, I, I, it, it, he shouldn't have to pay a dime, but fortunately, the guy is a billionaire, and he is the owner of a company that generates hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. And thank goodness that uh, President Trump has that ability. And also, you know, he's had an amazing amount of financial support from his backers, from his supporters online, millions of dollars. Uh, when he got, I think, indicted, I think I heard that he got like $10 million online, some amazing amount of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, because people are standing behind the guy. But I don't believe he should incur that type of, of financial yeah. drain on his accounts. And at some point in time, I don't care how much of a billionaire you are. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to, you know, put holes in that bucket of money. What they're trying to do is they're trying to ruin his business. They're trying yeah, they in, in to do that. Yeah, in New York City, they're trying to literally bring down Trump Industries. And, you know, the guy has got an amazingly successful and clean business. Uh, you, you know, he was required to show his income tax because they wanted right. to, they wanted to tear him apart on tax fraud and he fought it because, you know, he shouldn't have to show his taxes because right. that's an invasion of privacy, but he did finally have to bring his taxes in and he had stacks and stacks of taxes and they went over his taxes with a fine tooth comb and they found nothing. Because if Trump has done anything in his life, he's always known that his taxes have got to be pristine because if they're going to do anything when they attack him is they're going to go after his taxes. And mm -hmm. his taxes are, are, are perfect. And uh, the C. Jean Carroll thing, you know, the rape charge, uh, let's remember she's doing something that was, what, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Yeah. All right. And I think it was the same week that he allegedly raped her. She said somebody else allegedly raped her, too. And then she told her friends about it who said, oh, yeah, we cooperate that story. Well, you know what? I was, uh, I was robbed uh, by uh, Jill Biden. Yeah, and my, I told my friends about it. Yeah. So that validates that she actually did it. They saw her do it. Did, did I don't do remember I anything my friends? for the most part. I mean, I, I can remember maybe some things from 20, 30 years ago, but specifics? of what happened 20, 30 years ago. I mean, even the traumatic incident, even something which you know it leaves a scar in your memory, uh, the details are usually very hard to, you know, summon up. Well, you know, they're trying to use a defense of, well, you know, it's the way we handled things back then. Bull pucky. Now, I am, uh, I I don't like rape. As a matter of fact, you know the story there. I know you there's have a film a... out there about you know, but that's a whole different thing that I had my hands in in getting out there about rape. It is a and, very personal and sensitive uh, part of your yeah. life. Yeah, I know exactly. And what you're When talking somebody, about. when a woman is raped, I will tell you right now, you pick up that phone as much as it hurts, and you don't want to, and you don't want to admit anything, and you get the police there. And you go to the, the hospital and you have the, the rape kit done and the DNA thing done. And if you get the guy that, uh, that did it, you get him uh, right away, too. So they have the evidence. And it's going to hurt. I have a question You're for you. If you have consensual sex with a woman 30 years ago, and then over the 30 years she decides, uh, maybe it wasn't consensual, or maybe 
I've changed since then. Can somebody who consents to having sex 30 years ago charge you with rape today? Well, in this crazy world, you can. You shouldn't be able to. There used to be a statue of limitations and everything. And um, that's out the window. Yeah. And, you know, again, that water under the bridge is he said, she said. And, you know, rape is a tough thing to fight anyway. So you've right. got to fight it right away. You know, and I will say this for anybody in any woman that's been raped, she will know this This statement is true. Once a victim, always a victim. In other words, a woman that's been raped carries a, it's something, it, 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 it's a it's scar. Like a persona. It's, it's a scar, yeah. an emotional scar. It's a persona that maybe you don't see in the mirror. You feel guilty. You think it's your fault. But, you know, other deviants, other predators, predators, that's the word, see it and they go it's like it's like okay when when the guys were young and they used to go in bars you could sit there and you'd see all the nice girls all there in their little group talking mm -hmm. but you'd see that one lone woman across the room and you'd look at her and she'd look at you and the next thing you know she's coming up and buying you a drink and well we know where it goes from there well the bottom line is uh predators can spot somebody that has been marked scarred Mm -hmm. They see it in the way that they carry themselves. They're injured. The way they dress. They're, they're, they're an injured person. And they see it and they're going, okay, that's, that's a marked prey. And he's next in line because he's a predator or she, and there are women predators too. Let's get this straight. So, well, um, you know, the, the thing is, I think that people think that 30 years ago was ancient history. You know, I, I would admit that, Maybe 50 years ago, back in the 70s, uh, there was a different attitude towards sex. It was the, you know, sexual revolution, free love, free sex, you know, all that, that stuff back in the 60s and 70s. Um, but by the 90s and early 2000s, um, I think we were becoming more responsible sexually. And uh, I don't think it was as ancient a time as they're trying to make it out to be like, well, you know, back back then, things, it's just rape, was. rape was hush-hush. No, it wasn't hush-hush. No, if you raped somebody in 1998, odds are you were going to jail, and it was wrong, and people back in 1998 felt that it was wrong. You know, I mean, I, I just think that they're trying to make it sound like it was an ancient and distant time that we're talking about. And I think that with this E. Jean Carroll... Her allegation goes back to the 90s, doesn't it? Yeah, but, you know, even more so, have you ever noticed that in, the left likes to take stories and narratives and use them as excuses or as tools? Uh, in, in, in saying that, you know, if you want to bring down somebody in some way, well, you know, he's a, he's a sexist. He is a womanizer. He is this. He is that. Yeah. They always come up with these, the, oh, uh, another thing I'll touch on here in a minute, but, you know, they always come up with these descriptives to label people. And with descriptives, the news has got to get a new noun. Bombshell information today on Trump. Bombshell information today. Everything's a bombshell. You know what? 
you know, learn a new word because yeah. it's getting old to where I've been blown up with so many news stories here in the recent past. I'm numb to being blown you know, up. You know, tr uh, Fox showed its, its true colors in 2020 with the election. Mm -hmm. And people kind of initially there was a, a, a there was a turnoff. People decided that's it, we're done with Fox. But as the weeks and months passed, uh, a lot of people kind of went back to Fox, including me on occasion, because well, I was kind of used to it, and they were kind of like our conservative friend. They are not our conservative friend. No, uh, and somebody said it. I think art so well, uh, artfully uh, the other day. He he said, "Trust me, it is not a matter of politics. Only thing that Fox thinks about is money." And Rupert Murdoch, uh, I think it was Bill O'Reilly who said this, and I think he was probably very true. He said um, they were making less money with Tucker's show because. The left had a campaign against the sponsors. They were trying to get sponsors not to advertise on Tucker's show. So Fox had to take lesser-paying clients to fill the availabilities in Tucker's show, which means that, let's say they were making $9 million a, a, an episode. Um, let's say they were making $9 million a week on uh, on Tucker's show with the, with the A-list uh, commercials, uh, cl you know, clients, they were making like $4,500, uh, $4.5 million a, a week on uh, on his show with the B and C list client, meaning mm -hmm. they, they had to drop their requirements to be on his show. So what they're saying is if they take Tucker off and, and he was their lightning bolt because the left was attacking him so much, uh, they could put some... Casper Milk Toast on, like uh, Brian Kilmeade or somebody, and who's not going to rock the boat, they can then start selling that time slot for more money. And even though they have a host that is far less appealing to the audience, who attracts a, a much smaller audience, they'll make more money on that show, if you know what I'm saying. No, I, I do know what you're saying, and that's a sad statement, but it's it's probably true, and that's what the left does. They attack, you know, the very yep. core of your existence. They will attack the money. They don't care about truth, and they don't care about democracy. And that is probably, the, that is the Achilles heel. That's the kryptonite to Tucker. Also, they said that Rupert Murdoch used to get irritated at Tucker for saying that we're in a battle between good and evil. He didn't like that comparison. I he liked we're in the he liked uh, blue and red. See, I don't think that Rupert Murdoch is a terribly religious guy. Like a lot of guys who have a lot of money who think they did it on their own with no uh, divine intervention. Uh, right. They be they think of themselves as gods. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I think Murdoch is that way. No, yeah, I believe that. Yep. Um, anyway. Anyway, we we're going to take the uh, Biden speech. I think you talked about. I think you said. Uh, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, we we're going to take it yeah. and uh, do a dichotomy of it. We we're going to dissect it here on the program right before your very ears. <laughs> Joe Biden made his big announcement, and he did it 
in the middle of the night, believe it or not. They think they released it overnight. Uh, and he didn't do it live like a lot of presidents will do their announcements in front of a large crowd. And I'm here tonight to announce that I'm running for presidency and everybody cheers. No, no. They didn't trust Joe to uh, be that coherent uh, in one fell swoop. So they did it on tape. And they did it on tape because, uh, you know, hey, Joe, uh, can we do uh, take 55 on that, please? And um, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to break this down a bit. Uh, he he has a lot of music in this, and and it a lot of pictures, and some of the things that he says are just so unbelievable. But here's a part one of the Biden announcement. <laughs> Freedom, personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. It shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. country, MAGA extremists, are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. Okay, so understand something. I, I Bill and I have done commercials for a living for our entire lives. I mean, that's yeah, that's what, how we make money. Do, right. One of the things I noticed right off the bat was they they knew that Joe was not terribly uh, clear in his delivery. Articulate, yes. So what they do is they kind of bury him in the background music. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says some fairly dumb things. He talks about us trying MAGA people trying to uh, take away Social Security, which is, if you're paying attention, a blatant lie. He talks about uh, trying to ban books. It's interesting. In the video, they show a stack of books, and one of the books in the stack is literally a book that includes a section on children stimulating themselves. Okay, I mean sexually feel, stimulating, yeah. you know, uh, having sex, um, masturbation, things like that. And it probably was a book that somebody on our side said, no, no, uh, eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds really shouldn't have that in their library. And that's what he's talking about. It's not like we're trying to ban Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn, you know, American classics. What we're trying to do is we're trying to be moral and to give our children uh, a, a, a pure, honest, and uh, you know balanced uh, upbringing. He is really flipping things around 180 degrees. Oh, I agree. You know, I mean, look, you know, yeah, you have your talk with your children about the birds and the bees, and 
you'll know when the time comes because there's a curiosity, but that doesn't mean you run down to the corner drugstore and buy a copy of Hustler and go, all right, Billy, uh, come on over here. Okay, you see that right there? All right, now here's Blue Boy over here, you know. And say, come on, you don't need to do that. They kind of, their kids are smart. Yeah, but you don't show it to a seven-year-old in the library at the school or an eight-year-old. And that's what they want to be able to do. That's what they want. They want to be able to have drag queens come into your library, into your town's school well, library. Well, let's back that bus up. They have had drag queens come in and talk about being a drag queen, walking around, da 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 if I, walking around in women's if, underwear. Wait a second. So but if, what? If you did that 40 years ago, if you had someone come in a G-string and a bra and makeup and a wig into a classroom and start dancing around, what do you think would happen? You'd call, The teacher would have called the cops. That person would have been arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior. And now they're celebrated, but it's not by everybody. It is, you know, the deviants have taken over. Uh, well, they've been taken over the insane asylum is what they've done. Uh, and they're dictating to us, and Joe is one of these. He's a pet of, uh, you know. He's a pedophile. Yeah. Have you ever seen him around children? He can't keep his hands off of him. Well, you know the Sticks story about his, You know the story about his daughter. Well, yeah, the shower. Yeah, he he takes showers with his daughter. Yeah. Who was developed at the time, and they go, "Honey, come on, let's go take a shower together." What? Excuse me. That you know, and that, nobody said nobody says anything. You know, understand something. If we were in a healthy society right now. We wouldn't be talking about him running for re-election. We'd be talking about him in cuffs. If we were in a healthy society, a pedophile and a guy who sold influence uh, to our our enemies, he sold our stuff to our enemies and made millions of dollars, there would be no question about where he is right now. There would be no, no question about Hunter Biden, where he, he would be. They would all be in prison. But we live As well. They should. We live in a sick society right now, a very sick society. And what are we doing? They're trying to vilify the guy who wants to make our country honest and wholesome and strong and secure. That's who they want to vilify, and they want to promote this thief, this evil guy. No, it, it's absolutely wrong. I'm sorry if I get a little uh, emotional, but it doesn't make sense to me. Jeff, you're, you're not a little emotional. You're a lot emotional. <laughs> Only you deserve to be. I mean, this guy is going. The left likes to take their bad and project it onto their enemy as if it. No, it's them. Yeah, you know, they're that's the true. ones banning the books. They're the ones that do it. They're the ones changing history. Let's just go back a year ago and look at uh, all the statues that came down, the history that's changed. And you're the party that invented racism, Joe, and you're one of the forerunners on it. Your best buddy was a Klansman. So come on, shut up and, you know, admit what you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's part two to his speech. Let's, right. let's listen to it. for president four years ago i said we're in a battle for the soul of america and we still are the question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom 
more rates or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Okay, what he's talking about, he, he's, he's, when he's saying everyone is equal and everybody is deserving of a fair shot, he's talking about the borders. He's talking about everybody should be allowed to come across the border if they feel like it, and nobody should be stopped. That's what well, he's talking a, about. Yeah, there's a lot more in there than that. I mean, if you break it down word by word, he goes, you know, uh, at the oh, no, front I, of it. He, oh, I, he, I, know, I, know where you're gonna, I know where you're going if you're talking about the well, soul. Well, yeah, he's going after the soul of America. Yeah. Okay, well, the devil's going after the soul, so is God. We're, we're good and we're, you know, bad, and I know where you want to be. Really? You're not saying where you're going to take us. You're just saying the job's not done of, you know, reaching in and ripping that soul out of America. Yeah. You're talking about our freedom. You've been taking it away with the lockdown, and there's talk about more lockdowns. You're talking about a distribution of wealth at the end that is already uh, going on, the Freedom Equi uh, and Equity Act. You know, if you don't understand what's going on, how they're going to redistribute the wealth, let me break it down for you right now. Let's just say that you're renting and you're going, I'm going to buy. Yeah, interest rates are high, but I'm going to buy. There's a piece of legislation out there I know that's going to change <laughs> yeah. the way that you buy. So let's say that you've been working with a credit repair company and you were down in the 500s. And now all of a sudden you're sitting there at a 790. You're 60 points away from a perfect score. Mm -hmm. You've got good credit. You deserve a low interest rate. Not no. with the Biden plan. No. If you, no, because now the new, the new, listen close. Yes. The new math is if you've got good credit, you can afford the higher interest rate. And that, by God, that's American. That's what you're going to get because the guy that's impoverished, that doesn't care, you know, screw credit. I got to do this to survive. Well, he's going to get that break. That's you know, right. He's going to get the lower credit. Now, I'm not saying they don't deserve a chance, you know, but I'm saying. There are people out there right now who are shaking their head like, oh, he can't be. He can't be talking the truth Look here. Look it up. It's absolutely factual. They want to give the higher interest rate to the responsible person who has been watching their credit and taking care of their bills and doing everything right. They're going to pay more money than the person who has poor credit and has been flaunting it. And the model of buying a home has to do with your credit and your debt-to-income ratio and whether or not you can afford. So let's say that you make a good middle-class or above-middle-class salary. But if, you're, if your responsibility tanks you in the interest range, well, then all of a sudden you might have been able to afford, let's say, I don't know, a $500,000 home, depending on the market and what you make. Yeah. And now you can afford... A hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. Now, yeah, 
around where I live, even 150,000, you can't buy anything anymore. You, you, you buy what is an investment property to fix up, to turn into slum houses. Um, but if you want to buy, you know, something decent, eh, you're looking about 300,000, you go up to Boston. Well, you're going to be, uh, the house might be 800,000, but the market is so hot there. They're sitting there going, oh, well, I'm sorry, but you got to pay above asking. So you might be paying 200000 above asking before your bid's even considered. Wow. It's the market. It's the salaries there. And it you'll, be, you'll be paying at a higher interest rate if Joe Biden, mm, Biden says. Uh, now, yeah, well, now, if Joe Biden uh, gets his way, which he's going to do it by executive order, then that 800000 you were going to pay and the extra 200000 well, that ain't going to work no more, and you're not going to have the money. You're going to have to look at that uh, three or four hundred thousand dollar home, and uh, you've just got downgraded. And the guy that, you know, whether it be life or the the job situation, or he's got a crack habit to support, well, he gets to move into the nice neighborhood. This is uh, the world that we're living in right now under Joe Biden. You know, they started the commercial off. I should have mentioned this. They started the commercial off with some cuts of January 6th, of course, mm -hmm. of course. They are, thanks to the media, they're bound and determined to weave that into the fabric of our history and make it permanent, like it really and truly was an insurrection. And a lot well, of there's movies now about the insurrection, so they can make it a part of history. Just like that word I said, bombshell. Actually, you know, it's a noun and stuff, and they use it all the time in the news. Do you know, actually, there was a movie called Bombshell, and it's a it's an anti-Trump movie. Oh, go figure. It's an anti-Trump yeah, movie. Yeah. Bombshell. What do you know? Well, the, the, the thing is, though, with an insurrection, first of all, um, they would have taken over the Capitol. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Uh, they would have been blocked at the doors. You know, Bill talked about the doors to the Capitol are like 20 tons, and they are they're, they're not just flung open they are open with a, a, there's a process to it and you don't just get in but yet the capitol police are seen waving people into the capitol you know someone made a point today and it's so true you don't see the capitol police who are waving people into the capitol having been arrested for being part of the the insurrection mm -mm. but yet they waved them in yet they mm -hmm. stood aside and let them come in Shouldn't they have stopped them if they were if they were really trying to keep them out of the Capitol? Shouldn't the Capitol Police have had riot gear on and had barricades up against the door and kept the people out? No. They literally opened the doors and stood to the side like it was a visiting tour bus. You know, people, Hollywood does a lot with this, and they, they have a lot to say in how this was portrayed. It was a production, January 6th, the insurrection. Uh, but yet Hollywood lies because when they, they know that with the White House, like the 20,000-pound the brass doors, right. they have to be mechanically opened, and they're pushed, uh, what are they? they're pushed out. They're not pulled. They're not, uh, right. You, you, know, can't, they're, you can't push the doors in. You have right. to pull the doors open. From the so outside. there's a, there's a machine mechanism that handles that's heavy duty, so you know a cast of thousand or twenty thousand people are not going to be able to open that door. It's it's impregnable. You right. can't get through it. 
And there are other safety measures within that building of the White House. It might be a certain building, but it's a cocoon. But aside from that, let's just say that they believed they were going to be breached. They wouldn't have been standing up on the terrace going, okay, they're in. Okay, now we got to go run and play our role and act like we're scared and hiding. They would have gone into their bunkers that are secure under the White House right away. Yes, there's security there at the White House, too, that can protect our leaders so you don't cut off the head to our snake, you yeah. know, and, and they are a snake. We got part three of Joe's announcement. Uh, this is the end of his uh, announcement from yesterday. Listen. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. So if you're with me, Joe Biden not come inside. This is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Okay, that's uh, basically the ending, and it's a lot of mumbling, and you really have to pay attention, even when you're watching it, because they bury him in the music. Mm-hmm. He's just talking like this, you know, and you're really Well, there's like- one big, big, big lie at the end. You know, he's talking about us finishing the job because we can do whatever we want or we can because we are the United States of America. The United States of America. I am here to tell you right now that we are not united. We are not a united nation. We are a divided nation. In all three segments of his speech to say I'm I'm running for re-election, he has been divisive. You know, the MAGA right and the, and, and the right is trying to steal this and that. When, you know, when in reality, we both know it was him and them that did all of that. But no, that's a lie. Everything about that thing is a lie. We are not united. We have been divided, and they're dividing us even more so right now as I speak. And this is why Trump is going to have a very hard time winning. I don't mean that he won't win in reality because I think if you counted the votes uh, for, and did it honestly from 2020, he won then, okay? Mm-hmm. But they have made it so, and with the help of the media, they have made it so that if you say that reality publicly, you're considered to be a conspiracy theorist now. You're mm-hmm. a believer of the lie, okay? As a matter of fact... Because of the settlement, and this is this is amazing, Fox settled for eight seven hundred and sixty or eighty or whatever it was seven hundred and sixty million dollars the other day. And everybody who is a lawyer of any substance will say, "I don't know what the heck they were doing. I don't know why they did that. There was no reason for them to do it because because the other side didn't have a case. It could have been one, but but they settled for it anyway." And I think, I think I think they oh, did ahead. it because they want to sell the lie. I think it's because they are involved with it. Okay, seven hundred and and sixty million dollars or eighty million dollars is nothing in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the deep state. They can deal with that, but it helps to sell the lie to make the other side 
look like they were the victim, okay? That there mm-hmm. was that what they were doing was truthful and honest and above reproach. I agree with that. I uh, selling the lie has been the big thing. There's a story out there that says that will they really have to pay that money? Well, no, if they keep the deal that they made, they didn't say keep the deal, but they said, no, they'll never pay that money. Well, wait a minute now. Was this all an orchestrated event and Tucker was just the fall guy and they used him to sit there and help paint this story and Rupert now is a part of the deep state and this was all just a show to, you know, get, because I don't believe in Dominion. It was, a, it was a failed company going into the election. They were in, in bankruptcy. They had been caught as a, a company that, uh, uh, where they were used to swing elections in, in foreign countries. That was, their, that was their wrap. That's how it worked. But yet we bought those machines, and yet we used them. And then mysteriously, a guy that can't pull, you know, a, a, you know, a fly to a pile of manure you know, sat there and won by a landslide. You, tell me how, explain to me how that works and how it was fair. But you know what? Maybe hey, you have an explanation. And, and you know, computers aside, uh, if you look at 2,000 mules, they proved that that there was cheating involved physically. There was cheating involved, meaning, meaning they, were, they, were, they were dropping ballots off by the tens of thousands in the middle of the night and like we talked about before, for example, in Pennsylvania, when when I went to bed and Trump was ahead by 800,000 votes, it was a slam dunk. It was guaranteed he's got it no matter what. I mean, even if Philadelphia goes for Biden, Trump is going to win. No, 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 well, no. Know, they closed What somebody it. really needs to do is go to Philadelphia, the postal yards there, where they park the trailers, uh, unless somehow they're gone now. But I'm sure there were surveillance tapes of all the, the trucks that had mail. You know, when a guy drives in, okay, I got a truck full of mail. Okay, take it out to lot three, park it right there. They say where it is. Do you know that up until after the election, up until after the first of the year they went through the holidays, there were over, and this is for the Northeast region, and I know this for a fact, that there were over 255 foot long mail trucks. Their trucks, you know, the trailers that carry the right, mail. Right. All right. They were there parked, chock full of mail. They had not been gotten into, you know, uh, you know, before the election. They 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 had ballots. In okay. Them. If we had an honest justice department, if we had an honest FBI. If we had an FBI that was acting in our own best interest as opposed to being a security force for one party, uh, they would investigate that. They would All go they and look at the All have to do is pull footage. But that footage is gone by now. By now, the deep state has erased it. It's absolutely history. You'll never find it. But the thing is, looking ahead, we're not going to be – He's not going to be the president. Uh, Trump isn't going to be made president from 2020 on. That's history. It's almost 2024. What they've got to do right now, I'm not talking about six months from now or during the primaries and all of the honest stuff that we have in our society. We've got to fix the dishonest stuff in our society. We've got to get the system fixed before 2024 
or it is going to fail us again. I guarantee you. Well, they're working on it in Pennsylvania right now because there was question about the mail-in ballots. And, you know, the ballots now have been printed for the primary coming up in in Pennsylvania. But they, they caught it. There was a mistake on the ballots. Yeah. And they got to reprint the ballots. Well, Wait that won't that there won't be a mistake. <laughs> Wait, there was a mistake on the printing of the ballots. You mean yeah. you didn't know? Nobody proved. Okay, wasn't that for the, that was for again. the that was for the state supreme court judge yes, election? Yes, here we go again. Yeah. That's they have they've been emboldened. The left has been emboldened. Now, when I say the left, I'm not talking about the normal, average, everyday uh, blue collar Democrat who you know. He's been a Democrat. His father was a Democrat. You know, I, they vote Democrat. That's what I I'm talking about the socialist left who has really got a stranglehold on our government right now. And they don't care about honesty and integrity. They care about power, period. All they care about is power. And they'll seize it no matter what. It will be theirs and you'll have to wrestle it away from them. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where we are right now. We have got to wrestle this away from them. I don't know how Trump can honestly think that he's going to have a fair shot if he doesn't, do, if something dramatic doesn't happen. I'm not talking about insurrection, but there has to be some justice. Maybe somewhere along the line, Congress will grow some cojones and uh, and really expose the left for what they are but right now all i hear from the the even the even the right i hear oh we're going to do this and we're going to have this guy come and speak before us and enough of the nonsense how about some action how about some definitive action do something do something and don't do it in a month or 2 months do it now now is the time. Get off your ass and do something. I'm, I, it is not going to so get you're fixed. You're starting to sound like an Elvis song. A little less <laughs> conversation, a lot more action. <laughs> you know a what? That, that, a lot more action. That works. That yeah, song no, works. No. You know, uh, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, friends, just pull out your uh, Elvis Greatest Hits album and uh, you'll find it there. Um, I don't know how in the name of God we can expect things to be different it's like that old saying, I said it yesterday, you know, uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with expecting a different result. I think they, they credit that to Einstein, but it makes sense. You know, really, Congress has got a year and a half to do something, indict Joe, do something. And I don't think it would take long to, you know, or impeach him. I think they could get the hearings done in a week and impeach the guy now do we have the Senate power to get them the hell out of there? But then we got Kamala. But that's the problem for oh the Democrats. Cause... Oh, my God. To think that if he gets elected again, you know he's not going to make it to 2028. I mean, he'll be 86 at the end of his second term. The odds of him uh, being around uh, or coherent or being the president uh, uh, by that time is uh, is slim which means that if you vote for Biden this time around, you're really voting for Carmela and her giggle. That's what you got. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, yeah. uh, there, there's no words that you can <laughs> no. even use to describe Carmela or what's going on. No, uh, there are no words at all. Um, 
you know that ad that they ran during the 2020 election with the 51 mm-hmm. intelligence people uh, saying that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was a hoax, a Russian interference hoax? And, uh, well, now, as you probably know, it's coming out that eh, maybe it wasn't a hoax and maybe we shouldn't have signed the ad, but we did it anyway. So what the heck? I mean, these guys... They, it's something else. Well, they asked President Trump what he thought mm-hmm. of uh, of that ad, and uh, this this is just the other night with Greg Kelly. Listen, you could take the five worst presidents in the history of our country and add them all up, and at the end, they haven't done the damage that Joe Biden's done to our country. And now I'm starting to say, but I'm going to change the number five to ten because you could take the ten worst president. There's nothing like this has ever happened to our country, and they're allowing people into our country who are criminals, who are from prisons and mental institutions, and they are going to do tremendous damage. This isn't going to just be ending when you get rid of Biden. Now, does Biden even know what's happening? I don't think so. I don't think so. But they are very good at two things, disinformation and cheating on elections. That's what they do. You saw the disinformation with this new revelation that this was incredible, that 51 intelligence agents totally lied. I think it's treason. They totally lied just before the election, right before the vote. They lied and they said that the computer, which had all crimes on it, was Russian disinformation. 51 top people, the top people in the country, they lied. I actually think it's treasonous. And by the way, that's just another way that they cheated on the election. They, they cheated in many ways. You should revoke, when you revoke their security clearances, a lot of these people still, they're contractors, they're still intelligence professionals, and they have access to our secrets. Should they lose that? The security clearance of every one of those people should be immediately revoked. Absolutely. Agree 100%. But, you know, think about the interference. I mean, uh, they stopped the counting of the ballots at 1 o'clock in the morning. And then they, right. they brought in boxes of, uh, of ballots and, and they fudged it. Uh, they have people who were bringing in uh, ballots from all over the place in the middle of the night, all in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan. I mean, you name it, they were doing it. And then we had this interference here. We have mm-hmm. these people be- signing a phony ad using their intelligence status as uh, the gravitas to the ad, you know, I mean, making it. I'm uh, I'm Leon Panetta. He was one of them. Uh, who, I think this was uh, Russian disinformation, and they knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. What they also knew was that it was going to mess up Trump's campaign. That's election interference. That by yeah, it is. That's, that by itself should be a disqualifier. For the uh, 2020. A lot of things should have been a disqualifier. A lot of things should turn over the election right here, right now. But how do we go back? How do we take it all back and undo? Because even if you undo everything that Joe did, the damage is still there. And it's not going to erase. And every day that goes by, all the little divisors that he's put out there uh, build and grow a wider and wider gap between us. And... We are a divided nation, and it's on purpose, you know, for the the part of control. Well, I th- I think you you're not you can't go back. Obviously, we talked about no. that. You can't go back, but I don't think if they if they don't do something definitive, if they don't fix the system now, obviously fix the system, 
it's not going to change. They will only mm-hmm. be more emboldened. I mean, look at this ad we just talked about with Biden. He is so confident and so cocky, so sure that he can do it again. He put this this uh, piece together and dumped it on the world uh, a couple of nights ago, and and it's it's just being generally accepted. Like, oh, he's an, he's made his announcement. The mere fact that he's maybe one of the first presidents in recent history who hasn't done it to a live audience. That's not an issue anymore because the media is covering up, covering up for this guy. The media, well, the media is, the but me- the people aren't. You go to Twitter, they're blasting him for it. They're going to social media. They're going, this guy's an idiot. I think his motto is, let's finish the job. And they were asking about, what do you think of the motto? One, one of the construction workers in New York said, I think the perfect, model for, uh, the perfect motto for uh, Joe would be, I quit. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. I like that. I quit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the model is about to fall in on itself. But you know, if he can make it through, I mean, he thinks, and I think he truly believes that he is the greatest president there ever was. And the Democrats are selling that narrative because they have to, because it's part of their agenda to divide, conquer, and take over. They don't care down the road. Once they hold all the cards, once they have them all and control them, yeah, they can give two flips about you, what See, you think, what you get, anything. They don't, they don't care. care. Who, they don't care who the sitting president is. They they don't care whether it's Joe or Carmela, because neither of them will have the true power. They'll just mm-hmm. be the figureheads. It'll be the four or five deep state people behind the scenes who you don't know, who you didn't vote for, who are living in the shadows, who are handing all of the all of the edicts and rules to Joe or Carmela, and they're just mouthing the just mouthing the the words. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's sad the the country that we're living in right now. And if you don't believe it, if you are on the left and you're going, oh, God, that's ridiculous. Look at Joe. I just just take a good long look at Joe and what he's done. Do you think he's putting together his foreign policy? Do you think that he sits down and figures out the strategy? Well, I mean, it is pretty bad. It might be, but the fact of the matter is it isn't. It's a it's a mm-hmm. bunch of people that you don't know. I mean, they just got rid of Susan Rice. You see that a couple of days ago? Yeah. She was uh, two days ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she was one of the big uh, uh, strategists behind the Biden administration. Uh, I'm not sure why they did that. They must have come to loggerheads with somebody, but she's out. And uh, they now have a, a new person who I don't think they've announced yet, but there's somebody else who has taken uh, her place. Another thing I wanted to point out, I thought this was interesting. I looked at the clock on the wall. We're running out of time. Yeah, uh, about, yeah. There is a, quote, high risk of biological hazard, end quote, in the Sudanese capital of Khartoum after one of the warring parties seized a laboratory holding measles and cholera pathogens and, oh, nice. other, and other hazardous materials, the World Health Organization said on Tuesday. My question is, whose lab was it? It was it was it the Sudanese government's lab? I don't think they have the skills. Yeah, I doubt it. We we had a hand in that lab, probably some way, somehow, somewhere. So, what is it with us and all of these? biological warfare laboratories in these third-rate countries. I thought that was illegal. 
Well, it probably is. It probably is illegal. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they have a whole bunch, over 40 in the Ukraine. And and they're concerned about that, too, because I guess the Russians have control now of some of them. Uh, well, you know, I don't think it's the Russians you have to worry about. I think it's the Ukraines. It's just like the nukes. Now, kind of a deviation here. Somebody saw one of those uh, UFO alien shows on. I said, oh, we've talked about this before. You know, when we had one of our speculative shows mm-hmm. about flying saucers, but they were talking about the time, I guess it was in the 80s when the Ukraine was really Russia right. and the flying saucers, which is documented, came over. And all of a sudden, everything that they had in the Ukraine was triggered to fire. Well, that happened in the United States. Too. Oh, yeah. It happened in 1967 here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they were going, that scares well, the hell out of me, you know? And I'm sitting there going, well, guess what? Get ready to get scared again. Actually, because- Bill, it was a little different. I'll tell you why. In 1967 or 69, I'm not really, I could be off by a year. Um, apparently, the systems in the United States on the rockets shut down. We, mm-hmm. went, we went from being capable of firing to being everything turned Dead off. in the water. In Russia... It was the reverse. All of a sudden, their system went on fire mode, meaning it started to count down to a launch, and nobody had pressed any buttons in their silos. And what and- you have to realize is um, the actually the United States has more of a loose trigger than Russia does in firing at a nuke. You can't just willy-nilly fire the nuke in Russia. There's, there's a lot of protocol before they launch that. Even though they might be the big bad bear and the big bad wolf, it doesn't matter. They, they actually know that once you do this, there's no going back. We used to have the two guys in the silo, the two-key right. system, yeah. and each one was armed so that uh, if the person went rogue, you'd take him out. That's true. And then, that's true. As a matter you know, of fact, you, you also had uh, envelopes with codes in it. I mean, you, it wasn't just a matter of two guys uh, turning the keys at the same time. There was a protocol. There authenticators. Was a, authenticators, exactly right. And uh, uh, They did that in radio, too, for the old EBS system. Mm-hmm. You know, you would get every once in a while you'd run a test or you'd get a notice that you had to do it, and you had to go grab the red envelope yeah. and check it and check the codes because if the codes matched – you know, well, that was Charlie Pride. Now let me tell you something you're really going to hate. <laughs> you know, stick your head between your legs. We're going full-blown EBS. Yes, I know. You know. There's a war coming. You know, it's, Those were the uh, bad old days. Bad Although, old days, but they couldn't trust guys like us to carry out that mission. I would have gotten the car. I, and I, I can't tell you how many times I did that in my career. I had to read the uh, EBS test and sometimes oh, do the, uh, the, deep, the deep test. Um, hopefully that doesn't ever happen again, but you know, getting back to the election bill and and, uh, I think that something major, you know, you've talked about this before recently that you expect something major to happen. You're not sure exactly what it is, but you can, you have this feeling that we're on the verge of something momentous and I can't help but think that you're probably right. Right now, the biggest distraction, the biggest news story, and I hate to say it's a distraction, but it is, is Tucker. And you can't tell me that, you know, it's all part of a plan, you know. And go back to the thing that we just kind of got sidetracked on, the EBS thing. Well, you know, it used to be that that uh, 
land-based radio stations, the power of the spoken word was the one way that we had to communicate with all the masses. You can't right. depend on a cell phone or the internet. So radio stations that could supply their own power and be on the air and you just need a little nine volt battery and a little radio like this right here and boom. But you know, you can sit there and get a message, you know, to the masses, but now they want to do away with AM radio. I know FM is so automated and plugged into, you know, all this big, big companies owning everything was supposed to give us sure. diversification and more choices. It's given us less. Of course. And they're shutting down signals. And I'm going like, that was our our line of communication for national defense. If you don't believe us, listen to some of the uh, the big AM radio stations. They're all running PSAs right now to uh, ask their audience to to go out to their senators, to their representatives, and say, look at we want AM radio in our cars. We want it to continue. But their Ford Motor Company already made the announcement, 2024, no more AM radio in their cars. Yeah, and you know, I work for a company where I do radio shows in 58 different markets, okay? So what? You know, but one of the things that I've always heard on the conference calls well, we're a great business because we're, you know, the EBS system. They'll right. never take that away. And as long as they have that, we have clients. Yeah. Well, oh, there went 10,000 clients. Yeah. You know, or absolutely. soon to go away, you know, because if there's, if they have no purpose, they have no reason to be on the air, you know, well, we still got the FM that we do mainly, but still, it doesn't matter. Are they next? Well, you got the internet. See, you know, here's you the thing. The government. The left can't go, the left would really love to completely silence conservative talk radio. Complete. They would love to be able to come in and say, uh, Sean Hannity or whatever, uh, you're done. You're off. No more. That's it. They would love to be able to do that. Dan Bongino, Clay Travis, gone. They would love, but they can't. Not obviously. They can't obviously do it, but what they can do is they can take away their platforms. Oh, yeah, yeah, they can have all the shows they want, but if they if they can't be heard on all these big 50,000-watt AM radio stations around the country because they've gone silent, we've achieved our goal. Look what they did to Tucker. You, you never yeah. would have dreamed they would have taken Tucker Carlson off the air because he was the moneymaker, the number one voice on Fox. He's gone. What you got to realize, AM radio, and, you know, I got my I, – I started in AM radio – but AM signals propagate better than the FM that do. They can go further. Now, yeah, you got the little daytime low-power AM stations. In a national emergency, you had the authority to say an emergency has been declared. We can go full-time, full power. I know that when I was in Hurricane Frederick. I had an AM station. Now, at nighttime, we dropped down to 1,000 watts, but we were a big blowtorch at night. And guess what? When the hurricane hit... We, you know, yeah, fire them puppies up, you know, fire up the big transmitter. Let's go. And we did. But AM radio has got an important role in FM, too, because we are the community's voice, or it is the community's voice. That is your, you know, that's your voice to the world. The Internet's not your voice to the world. They it's can just pull the plug pool. on the Internet in a, in a, in a heartbeat. And your cell phone's not that, but the, the, the local station was designed to be the voice of your community. It was the, it was, 
the power of the spoken word that you had right there in your community. Yeah. Now, when, when, you know, you had mass, you know, uh, they, they came in and said, yeah, you can own many stations and in many markets that took away some of that. Now they've given it away. And now the government's here to take it all away. Your voice, your freedom is out the window. So, if you're thinking about voting for Joe Biden, you're voting for no borders, you're voting for more wars, you're voting for uh, fentanyl being all over your society, you're voting for no communication, you're voting for uh, no freedom of uh, of anything. I mean, you're going to lose your freedoms. You are going to yeah. live in a socialistic environment. You have no voice, no say, no nothing. So think about it. Yes. Just Think about it. You know, you might go, oh, I got a podcast. Oh, I got a YouTube channel. What the frickin' do? Hey, we, we, we are heard in over 40 different countries, okay? But, hey, they can pull the plug on this tomorrow, and we're done. I mean, somebody somewhere has the power to say, uh, we're going to turn off that entire system, and and that's it. Uh, yeah. we, we're, not, we're not here because... Uh, we're guaranteed to be here. We're here because uh, we're here today, and hopefully we're going to be here tomorrow. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it, but with AM radio, like Bill said, they can unplug a lot of stuff. They can't even get them off the air with uh, the power going out because most of the AM radio stations had big generators. They just powered oh, yeah. back up, you know. Uh, you know, I, I worked at a station one time. We didn't have a generator. Civil Defense came in and said, you know, we got a spare one. It's yours. That puppy was installed, so anytime the power went out, or just once a week, we'd fire it up and make sure that it was tested and properly running. That was one yeah. of the poorer stations I worked at, but it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, people wanted their voice to be there in case there was a disaster. It's been a passionate show. We could do three hours, but we have run out of time, my friend. Uh, if you Goodbye, want to Bill. contact us <laughs> for any reason, 833-538-7868, 833-533-7868. And you've also got mail at itsanotherday.com. You know, back to the radio thing, you know, do help radio because it's actually yours. Yeah. It really is yours, and they're taking it away, and you shouldn't allow that to happen. Yeah, you. what Bill's saying is uh, contact your representative Contact yeah. your senators, local and the national. Let them know that you don't want to lose AM radio. It's important yeah. not to us. Hey, we we don't need it anymore, but it's important to the country. It's it's yeah. really important. Hey, and you know what? You know, you say, oh, that's the white guys thing. No, actually, uh, there are a lot of I worked for a minority owner, one, one of the biggest ones around for a while. But the point is, it's your voice. And they're trying to take it away, and they won't stop at that. Once they take that pillar down, they got just a few more, and you're underwater. Hey, friends, have a, have a great Tuesday. Oh, today's Wednesday. <laughs> well, I hope you wait, – wait a second. I hope you had a great Tuesday, and See, I hope you have a – another reason. Yes. You should have a radio because <laughs> you know you know there would be that bright good morning voice that would be sitting here going, good morning, wherever you are. Hey, I was <laughs> once I was once one of those. Uh, but I have a great Wednesday, all right? And with a little bit of luck, we'll be back again tomorrow. Unless, of course, uh, they pull the system down. You know, uh, who knows? Yeah, well, you know, things happen. The Voice of Freedom.
CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>